This morning, um, I have a question. What do you think of when I say the words, the end? What do you think of when I, when I say the words, the end? If you're, if you're reading a book, what does the end mean? It means it's over. It means the story is finished. But is the story ever really finished? We think about that sometimes. I think about that sometimes. What happened to these characters after the last page of the book? And of course, some authors go on to tell us many, many, many times what's happened to the uh, characters at the end of the book. Same holds true for movies, right? We see a movie and it does really well, so we get to see more of that story. It's never really the end. Um, there's always a part two. There's always a next chapter in the saga. Or there's a remake, or there's a reimagining, and I'm not quite sure what's going to come next with those remakes. But for some of us, we're looking forward to the end of certain milestones in our lives. Um, I know for Wendy and me, we're looking forward to the end of paying for college for our older son, Tom. Um, that, is a, that is a very uh, important milestone for us because that gives us a year before we have to start paying for college for our younger son, Josh. Um, of course, we're looking forward to Josh graduating high school next year. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing all of that work that he has put into uh, school just kind of come to a, an end. Um, some of us are looking forward, or I know some of our students are looking forward to the end of uh, the Thanksgiving vacation so that they can go back to school. Um, students, are you guys looking forward to the end of the fake? No? Okay. I thought maybe they would be. Um, some of us are looking forward to retirement when we can say the end on our, uh, our work journey. And some of us, of course, are much closer to the end of our lives and we kind of start thinking about things a little bit more uh, introspectively as we get to that place. Um, but the thing about the end is that it is hardly ever the end. There's a, song, a popular song back in the 90s called Closing Time, and one of the lyrics goes like this, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And I love that line. And there's something just kind of bittersweet about that idea of the end. It seems like we strive forever to get to the end of something. But as soon as we get to the end of that thing, Something new starts up. So when we get to the end of our work life, then retirement starts up, and then we have to start figuring out what are we going to do with all of our days, right? Because we don't want to sit around and just languish for the rest of our lives. We want to do things. We want to fill things um, in our lives. But as we see the end of things getting closer and closer, we realize that we might miss the thing that's ending. How many of you have had children move out of your house and move into their own places? It's a little sad, right, to have that happen. Uh, well, some of you are shaking your head no, so I, okay. <laughs> For some of us, it's sad. For those of us with no hearts, sometimes, it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it means facing things. It means facing something that we never thought we'd have reached in the first place. You know, for me, retirement is like 10, 15, 20 years away. It just seems like it's forever away. 
For some of us, college seems like it's going to last forever. High school seems like it's going to last forever. We're never going to get out of high school. But we do. And the end means facing certain realities. And when we get to the end of our lives, it means facing the reality that we're going to move on from this life, the end, and we're going to move on to another life, to the beginning. And we will either move on to the beginning of eternal life with God, or we will move on to eternal death with Satan. And next week on our church calendar starts that four-week period of Advent that I, that I mentioned. You see that we're all set up for Advent. Um, Kathy has, has decorated. Uh, we've got our Advent cal- our, uh, c- uh, candles ready to go. Um, and when we think about Advent, we think about, we're reflecting on the beginning. In this case, it's the beginning of Jesus' life. It's the beginning of that time when God is fulfilling His promise to send His Son so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That beginning is there. But it's also the end of something else. The Jews looked forward to this new beginning for hundreds of years. They heard constantly about the Messiah who would come and rescue his people and they were a people in constant need of rescue. They were, need, they were in need of rescue from the Egyptians when they were sold into slavery. They were in desperate need of rescue after they were sent into um, exile, into Babylon, into Assyria. They were in desperate need of a Savior, someone who was going to come and save their people to end their persecutions, to end their separation from God. And they looked forward to this ending and this new beginning because God had promised over and over again in Scripture that this new beginning was coming. They believed the words of the prophets who spoke on God's behalf and told them, of this ending and this new beginning. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 24 says, My servant David shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall walk in my rules and be careful to obey my statutes. And we look at this passage and we say, My servant David shall be king over them. And sometimes we forget that by the time this was written, David had been dead for 400 years. So we have to wonder, what is Ezekiel talking about? That David is going to be king over them. That's impossible. So this prophecy can't be about David. But we know that it's about someone in David's family. Someone in David's line. It's about someone in his genealogy who's going to come and rescue Israel and be king over them. And Ezekiel tells this as an ending and as a beginning. God's people will no longer be divided. They will all be ruled by one king. They will all be united under one shepherd. 
This is what we're looking forward to when we start reflecting on this season of Advent. God gives another word of prophecy through Isaiah who tells of endings and beginnings. In Isaiah chapter 51, verses 4 to 6, he says, Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation. This is Isaiah speaking, but he is speaking the words of God. God is the one speaking here. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. God's saying, pay attention. Something is coming. The darkness is going to end. And I am going to send a light. And it's not just to you. It's not just to Israel. It is to the peoples. Anytime you say the, see the word peoples in prophecy, it means the whole world. Not just Israel, but everyone in the world. He's going to send a light to the peoples. He wants us to understand that the dark is ending. The light is beginning. And with that beginning comes God's justice. He says, my righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me and for my arm they wait. The coastlands hope for me. As we enter the very first week of Advent, Traditionally, the theme of the first week of Advent is hope. And here is God promising through his uh, servant Isaiah that people are going to have hope because of what he is getting ready to do. And hope is defined as a feeling of expectation, a desire for a certain thing to happen. Do you all ever hope for anything? Some of us hope every Sunday that our team will win the football game. Some of us hope every Sunday night that a snowstorm will come and cancel school on Monday morning. Some of us hope that our loved one who is dealing with some sort of debilitating disease will be healed by God. Some of us who have debilitating diseases Hope that God will take away our pain. But our God is a God of hope. And this hope, this hope that God is talking about right here, this is hope of eternal life. This is hope that God will do exactly what He has promised to do. Isaiah goes on, Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath, for heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. Ending, ending, ending. All of these things ending. But then he goes on, but my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will never be dismayed. There's the beginning when we come out of the despair of darkness and realize the hope of the light that is Jesus Christ, we have a new beginning. And this, God, this God's promise is for each of us. 
His salvation plan started in the Garden of Eden. We can go back, we can read after Adam and Eve ate the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. That was an ending. It was an ending of man's relationship with God. Humanity had chosen Satan. And they broke this relationship in rebellion to God. But even at that time, God had a plan to get His creation back. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise His heel. Another word for bruise here in the Hebrew is crush. He will crush your head. You will crush His heel. Doesn't seem quite equal, does it? You ever had a heel bruise? Anybody ever bruised their heel before? Yeah. It hurts, right? Anybody ever had their head crushed? Doesn't look like it. God is telling Adam, He's telling Eve, He's telling the serpent, Satan, that someone is going to come who will destroy this serpent, who will destroy evil, who will destroy death. And when he does destroy him, that will be the end of man's separation from God if man will repent and come back. This is the door that's being opened. This is the beginning that's being offered for each and every one of us. And God keeps telling us that he will send salvation. One of the most favorite scripture passages to be read during the season of Advent is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For, a, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But sometimes we stop there, we forget to read on, and we read on in verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the only time when a beginning will have no ending. This is the only time that something will happen where we will not have to either look forward to or be scared of something ending. God's kingdom will be forever. And if we accept Jesus Christ and His gift of salvation through His death on the cross, we get to have that new beginning that never ends. And God becomes more and more specific in His promises as the Old Testament goes on, as He speaks through other prophets. He becomes more and more specific. Well, who is this Messiah? How are we going to know that this Messiah has come? Where is He going to be? Who is He going to be? What's He going to be doing? And God promises this beginning of this fulfillment that he promised in Isaiah, he goes, we go to Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 5, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. 
Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in her labor is given birth, and the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. There's the end of the brokenness. Where is it going to happen? Bethlehem. That's where the new beginning starts. Bethlehem. Now we have a place. We know where it's going to happen. And this end of brokenness comes as she who is in labor gives birth. What's going to happen? He's going to be born in Bethlehem. And he shall dwell secure. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth and he shall be their peace. Peace is the second thing that we reflect on in Advent. The second week of Advent is this idea of peace. Not only is He bringing hope, once He is here, He brings peace. And He's not talking about the peace that ends. We have all experienced the peace that ends over the past several months. We see the things that are going on in the Middle East. We see the things that are going on in Asia. We see the things that are going on all over the place. Right now we're in a ceasefire. Do you know what a ceasefire means? It means that's going to end and we're going to continue firing. That's not the kind of peace that Jesus brings. Jesus brings peace between humanity and the Heavenly Father. That is the peace that He brings. Well, what else is going to happen, God? Well, I'm glad you've asked. In Malachi 3.1, God says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. After he's here, after he has been born in Bethlehem, you're going to see him go to the temple. Read your Gospels. Jesus goes to his father's house. The first time he goes is when he's 12 years old. Right before he becomes what the Jewish people would consider a man. He goes to the temple his parents lose him for three days. You ever lost your child for three days? Man, I know some mothers will freak out they lost their child for three minutes in a target. They lost their child for three days. And where did they find him? In the temple. And when they asked him, what was wrong with you? Why aren't you with us? He says, didn't you know I'm supposed to be in my father's house? All of these things God has already told the people of Israel in all of the prophecies that He has given about this salvation. And next week, at the start of this season of Advent, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be considering, and we're going to be looking forward to the birth of Jesus Christ. And it says right here, Jesus is someone in whom we 
can delight. To delight in someone means that you love them so much that, you're, that you experience joy in their presence. You love them. You experience joy. So many of you went home for Thanksgiving and, or family came to your house for Thanksgiving. Did you delight in your family? Did you delight in watching these faces come through your door? Did you delight when you walked through their door and saw them for the first time in weeks or months, maybe even years? That's the kind of feeling God says we will have for Jesus, especially if we accept who He is. If we accept what He has done. And these last two things, love and joy, these are the last two aspects of Advent that we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks. He is coming suddenly. That means there's going to be an ending. And there's going to be a beginning. He is coming suddenly. He's coming to end despair. And to start hope. He is coming to end the conflict between God and man and to bring the beginnings of peace. He is coming to end hate. And He is coming to bring love. He is coming to end sorrow and to start to bring us joy. As we enter this season of Advent, let us make it an ending of being caught in all the worldly trappings of the season. Let it be the ending of getting and the beginning of giving ourselves to God. We focus so much, and, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, we focus so much in this season, oh, what are we going to get this person for Christmas? What are they going to get us for Christmas? What are, what are, uh, who's going to have the dinner? Who's going to have the party? Who's going to make this? Who's going to do that? All of those things end. The parties end. The dinners end. Opening the presents ends. Let's stop focusing on the things that end. And let us begin to focus on that which will never end. That new beginning. When you become a new creation. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ and you will live forever without end. That is what Advent should be. That is the reflections that we should have. Let it be the, the ending of hate for our fellow humans. Let it be the ending of enmity between our fellow humans and let us start loving them. Let us start showing them that love so that they can know who Jesus Christ is. So that they can know what the true meaning of this season is. The beginning of eternal life. And finally, let it be the ending of timidness in sharing the gospel. And let it be the beginning of us standing up walking out these doors and sharing the gospel with boldness because we have the good news.
We know what people in the world don't know. And that is that God loves them and God wants them and God wants to see them live forever with Him. How can we be timid about that? We must go in boldness. We must live in peace and love and joy with our fellow humans so that they can know there's something different about us. Because I've got news for you, there aren't a lot of people living in love and peace and joy with one another today. We've got to be different. We're called to be different. We are called to love. We are called to be peacemakers. We are called to spread the joy of Jesus Christ with everyone we encounter. And we will be bold when we come to understand in ourselves that everlasting life with God is something that is worth having. And it's something that is worth sharing with those who don't know Him. Let today be the ending of focusing on ourselves at this time of the year and focusing instead on the message of Jesus Christ 365 days a year. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you promised his coming for hundreds and hundreds of years. You promised his coming right after Adam and Eve made their decision to rebel against you. You wanted them back. You want us back. And Father, we could not thank you enough for that. Thank you for being so in love with us that you want to spend eternity with us in your presence. Father, help us to be bold. Help us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to live in love and peace and joy. Help us to look weird enough that people ask, what's wrong with you? And let us tell them not what is wrong with us, but what is right with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you still amazed by God this morning? Amen. Or has God just become something in our lives that accompanies us. And he's not very wonderful anymore. He's not very amazing. He's not very awesome. He's just there. This is what we come to sometimes when we forget that God has offered us a beginning that never ends. So as we walk out this morning, as we go back to school, back to work, back to our weekly lives, let us start showing people that we come into contact with that we serve an amazing 
God. We serve an incredible and awesome God. Let them see that in us because they're not going to likely see it anywhere else. God bless you this week.